This is Critical Nonsense, our high lowbrow show about culture, science, and tech. This week, Joey asks me about gamifying sleep. I wanna be the very best, like no one ever was. This is what a Joey sounds like. And this is what an executive producer and Nurse Joy, Jess Vander, sounds like. Hi, this is Jess. Uh, if only I were that nice. She's just, she's so kind. I mean, what an angel, Nurse Joy. <laughs> just, Jess, do we have any housekeeping before we can get into why I'm singing Pokemon songs and referencing Pokemon characters? No. No? Not, not so. a house to be kept? Not um, a house to be heard in a cow in a house. Uh, I saw the Barbie movie. Uh, yep, that's it. That's it. Well, well, we did it. I watched all the the new Bluey episodes. Great. Whoa. Amazing. Yeah, we talked after, about Bluey when you were gone. After you recommended it, I did, with no child present, watch an episode of Bluey, and I was like, yeah, I totally get it. This is I mean, content. After our episode about, like, different audiences and, and <laughs> is Bluey actually for parents or is it actually for children, uh, I watched some of the new episodes, and one of them is dealing with, like... In issues of infertility. Like, I was like, yeah, this is clearly not for a kid. The kids are completely missing the point of, like, why their aunt doesn't like coming around. But I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, uh, this is a lot. Uh, but, you know, it was, of course, as Blue does, beautifully done. Brava, brava. Uh, brava. <laughs> um, Jessica, I laid out many options ahead of this episode of things that we could discuss this week, um, all of which you deeply rejected, including a special, a special crossover episode of The Girls Are Fighting about scientists, but you said nay. <laughs> Nary a word shall be spoken of superconductors at room temperature and ambient pressure or not. Uh. And so Look, it's not for it's not for lack of appreciation of superconductor super revelation. It's just that the prospect of sleep and Pokemon was just too enticing. It called to you. It's because you are a less messy person than me. You're less dramatic and less messy. And I'm just like, the girls are fighting. Uh, <laughs> and the like, girls let's talk the- about something basic. <laughs> and the girls in this case happen to be all men in Korean laboratories, but nonetheless. Um, just, I'm not sure if you've heard about Pokemon Sleep. Uh, nope. nope. Also, it, two things, I, I don't know. I mean, when I think about Pokemon, do I think of sleep or do I just think of like resting at the Poke Center? You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't what? like. Do, does anyone sleep actually? Uh, no one sleeps in that world. Uh, they just eat. Uh, oh, yeah. What do they eat? Snacks in the in in the Indigo Islands. 
They don't sleep. Except for Snorlax. Snorlax sleeps. Um, oh, anyway. true, true, true. Actually, so true. They definitely sleep, especially in battle. Wow. Absolutely corrections departmenting myself in the moment. How could I possibly have have looked over sleep as battle tactic? Come on. Come on. Wow. Uh they they only sleep when they're beaten unconscious. That is that's how or, the Pokemon or, world works. Or you have like a Venomoth dust over you. Okay, wait. So I assume that's not what you're talking about. That is not what I'm talking about. Pokemon Sleep is a new game in the vein of Pokemon Go, the runaway AR uh hit that, you know. When was it? Like 2016, 2017, somewhere in that time frame that that really took the world by storm. Um, but it is a essentially a simple sleep tracking Pokemon game uh, that has already uh, skyrocketed in popularity. I haven't used it myself, full disclosure. Um, but what I found interesting about it was that Sleep is a thing that we often talk about, both that it's extremely important and that we don't get enough of it. But suddenly when you put it in Pokemon, people are like, great, I am getting eight hours of sleep tonight. <laughs> like game, gamer publications are having to like uh, warn people about not taking like sleeping pills and things of that nature so that they don't oversleep. Uh, oh my gosh. But it sort of raised the question for me around the idea of, you know, taking a thing we all know we need, simply overlaying a game, and suddenly, like, could Pokemon, you know, heal the world? And so I wanted to raise to you the question of what things that we need should we be gamifying? Whoa. I'm actually like shaken that this was that this appears according to your findings to be working. Like the idea that you could gamify like a what's well, a sleep tracking app sounds like it's yeah. like like yeah. like if if Zuck if Mark Zuckerberg was like, hey, I have this sleep game app, the the masses would be like, no. But if yeah. but if Pokemon's like sleep with Snorlax, then it's like, oh yeah, I'm in. Count me in. Yeah. I mean, people are doing like the what is that ring? I can't remember the name of the ring right now. The like wearable uh ring that is like around sleep tracking, health tracking, but like Whoop or Apple Watch or or you know, Fitbit. Like there are many wearables out right now and and a lot of people pay attention to them, but I don't know that it necessarily highly incentivizes behavior change necessarily. Yeah. It, it, it's, it sort of uh, incent it induces a shame spiral when you like look at your, your sleep record and you're like, yeah, I did not sleep enough this week. Yeah, but see, I feel like the, the, the crux of that is that you have health companies who are trying to gamify their thing versus a game company who's good at games that just happens to be doing it on the subject of something that maybe is good for you, like getting more sleep. Maybe what is 
sort of the undercurrent of this whole conversation is like, why are we so bad at gamifying? Like, are we just bad at gamifying? Like, take nutrition because we're really bad at tracking nutrition in the first place or like, you know, getting people to exercise. I mean, let's, let's also break that down too, because I think for a lot of people like the early Fitbit era was like extremely popular. The Apple watch continues to be extremely popular and like, you got to get your steps and got to close those rings. But like, could it just be more fun than that? Like maybe it's just that it, could work harder yeah i mean the i mean it's these conversations get so we talk about like nudge behaviors and behavioral economics has been a topic that people have spoken more and more about over you know the past decade or longer which side note girls are fighting dana really is in big trouble <laughs> one of you know like the people who popularized behavioral economics for potentially falsifying data in his studies and his books so mm. girls are still fighting but the you know there there it often feels like there's like this double edged sword of the gamification conversation right like it it's sort of preying potentially on are, you know, natural proclivities towards like game and dopamine hits and and incentives and things like that. But in in instances like this where it's like we know you need to sleep more, like we, you know, massive studies across tons of nations show that like huge populations of the world are like underslept in ways that are negatively contributing to health outcomes i yeah i say that as being one of those people who is highly likely underslept I, I, highly likely i'm definitively underslept uh <laughs> and and so this question of like like you said of like making things more fun you know it goes back into like some of those ip conversations right like if, mm -hmm. if whoop or apple or whoever like makes a game out of tracking which they're not really like most of these things like if it's a game it's just a game with yourself where you're like trying to beat your exactly. own scores yeah. like which is like barely a game <laughs> you know it's like right. a game in the way that we make up games out of anything uh, right but like i, I to to your point, I was just like, is Pokemon like gonna make the world <laughs> healthier because like people are like trying to get you know unlock a Mewtwo right. in Pokemon Sleep or something? Yeah, well, the one thing that I feel like a game company would be much better at is like attracting people for trial like getting someone hooked and getting someone started what my guess is is hard for pretty much anybody is like continued engagement like the um uh downloadable content challenge where it's like oh and then after you finish the game you can get the dlc and you can extend the game but like there's just like a certain point at which it just like you beat the game and it's done but Part of this is if there are things that we're supposed to be doing more of, it's not likely that there's like an obvious end point, right? Yeah. Like 
how do you, if, if we have a good foot in the door and maybe, yeah, we, we should be gamifying more things and making the games way better. How do you crack the nut of sustaining that? Yeah, there, there's, you brought up a point earlier, right? Like, yeah, Whoop or whoever making a game versus Pokemon making a game uh, makes a huge difference. And, and there's probably multiple factors in that, right? Like the IP of characters you like or think are cute or have some history right. with. But I think there's also the component of mixed expertise, right? Like the Pokemon Sleep game is, while promoting healthy sleep as a good thing, like the people making that game are not sleep experts. They're like game experts. And so they're literally telling you to like put your phone under your pillow, a thing that we know is like not good for people for what in ways that we don't fully understand where like sleep scientists will be like, if you have your phone in your room, you sleep worse just because your phone's in your room. And we're not a hundred percent sure why, but like if you just put it in the other room, you sleep better. So sure. Um, and so like they're doing things in this journey that is probably having a positive outcome of getting people to sleep more. That is also like an imperfect solution, but they're really good at games. And so that, that idea of like mixed expertise, I think is really interesting and is like a topic that comes up often in like technology companies that sort of undervalue uh, broadly speaking, like humanities or social science roles in the development of their products, because you know that's not where the the highly technical people are coming from, and so are sort of dismissing or overlooking the you know whether it's philosophy, ethics, psychology, sociology, whatever. And so mm-hmm. your point makes me think about like what would happen if Whoop and Pokemon were doing this together, or you know, Fitbit and Pokemon were doing this together, like, could you have, like, an amplified positive outcome by giving adequate consideration to expertise in different fields? Yeah, super collaboration of the people who know the fitness thing and the people who know, or the sleep thing and the people who know the game thing. Yeah, for sure. I also think to um, to your point about IP, uh, I actually connecting back to all of this barbiness. Um, I think it's really interesting to think about like what IP could be used in what contexts mm-hmm. in a way that would be compelling for people. Like I my even my first reaction of Pokemon and sleep is like, those don't go together. It's not like oil and water, but it's also like not the first thing I would think of for sure. And certainly you, you can't imagine a world where Barbie's teaming up with Apple watch to get people to be fitter. That just, that IP clashes so aggressively for so many reasons, but I'm wondering like what could work, like how thematically aligned would the things need to be to make it happen? Like, could you could you take like uh, a food competition show like Top Chef and partner with like a nutritional company to gamify your meal making? 
I you know, it's just like what what is what is the right combo of um a thing that would hook people and the expertise on the on the fun part side, I guess. That seems like yeah. a hard question. Yeah, it's it's right, like the Pokemon sleep app being in its sort of current structure where you know it's not like allowing you to reskin a sleep app with like different ip you know like great you've captured like the weeb audience of like japanese culturally obsessed people potentially or pokemon obsessed people but like they're highly slept but it is like a you know even with its level of popularity, right? Like millions of people have like downloaded this app in the first week or two of its availability doesn't capture everybody, right? Like, you know, the the whoop culture sort of exists a lot in like the CrossFit world and and like extreme fitness type of worlds where, you know, people are doing intent, you know, marathon runners and, and like long haul cyclists and and people who are getting extremely high levels of fitness like do those people want you know like marvel skinned things like iron man or like i have no idea or or are they even compelled by that but the idea of sort of are you saying the iron man iron man (laughs) yes the iron man iron man sleep app where you can become <laughs> an iron man iron man uh, oh no this would obviously be running what has <laughs> something to do with sleep don't you think oh iron man is also tri triathlon right so yeah. it would need to be that would be multi-purpose. running swimming cycling yeah part a p- partner with strava and then you've got your oh you could do you could do like multiverse you could do like Marvel plus Strava plus Iron Man. Iron Man, Iron Man, Strava. Yeah, I've been thinking about... So there's this book called The Affinities. It was written by an author called named Robert Charles Wilson. I read it years ago, but it was... Okay, three first names. I see it. Yeah, three. Robert Charles Wilson, uh, who is like an award-winning... I think he one of his books won like a Hugo and a Nebula or both. Um, that one was Spin, I believe. Very good. Check it out. But The Affinities was based on this idea of like a personality test is developed where people fall into like one of eight camps and they, they find that they like spending time with those people together and they like start living and dating and working within each of those affinities. But I've been thinking about that as, you know, mass media and and things of that nature have been splintering more. And like, this feels like it's sort of in that example where like, the world of people who love Pokemon and and will consume whatever, you know, are psyched about the new reboot of Pokemon. It's not even a reboot. It's sort of like a next chapter with Ash is not the main character that is coming out, I guess. Um, And like those people are getting now a a sleep app that maybe improves their health based on the fact that it, it aligns with things that they have an affinity for. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, and like, where do these sort of like weird pockets of iniquity or or inequity or you know like unbalance exist where like 
a sleep app would be good for everyone theoretically, but because it's a Pokemon one, like these people are like participating in improved sleep. And like, how do you, how do you sort of navigate that uh, dynamic where people are participating in like day to day, like health, nutrition, exercise, whatever, based on, <laughs> on like, the type of content that they like to consume, right? To your point of like Pokemon made a sleep app, not an obvious thing, but here we are. Yeah. It reminds me of something that I was looking at recently about sleep sort of baselines and strategies um, based on how old you are and how those things just change over time. Like teenagers just like have a different clock and need more sleep, but get far less. And yeah, you absolutely could be pairing that that known need with like, all right, so what are the teens like? Yeah. What would the what would the teen what would get the teens to be sleeping? Maybe uh later school start times for one. But <laughs> but also other stuff. Yeah, the um, TikTok trend of measuring your sleep and posting videos of you sleeping or something like that. Yeah, what is that thing? The very, the very bizarre TikTok dance of <laughs> lying there sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, in some ways, right? Like, what gamification is good at is like incentivized behavior change. Like what are the thing what are the things in your life that you think you would benefit from having gamified that you think might improve your life? And sleep maybe is one of them, but are there like other things that you can think about where you're like if this if I made a game out of this, I would probably be doing a lot better than I am. Yeah, I mean, I do think if there were a I mean, I have so many, I feel like so many apps and startups have tried to gamify um, some variant of wellness and mental wellness, maybe as part of that, of like, have a gratitude corner and like, you know, <laughs> do, do those things, which I, I try to, but um, I could, I could imagine that would be good. I also think there's just, there's something funny though in the way that you're bringing this up it because I I'm sensing even in myself that I have a distrust towards even the construct of gamifying because it feels mm -hmm. such like a potential for threat like mm -hmm. you know I think a lot of people again and many apps and startups have tried to gamify fitness right and to to some success I would say but also maybe to extremes that aren't healthy. And like you were saying, even with the Pokemon sleep app, like people taking sleeping pills to get more Pokeballs or whatever it is like, yikes, no, that, that's like the game taken too far. Um, mm -hmm. And to know again, that I think that's sort of what ties to what I was saying earlier about the, the sustaining sense. Cause I also think there's also like a, a binge. <laughs> there's like a binge on the game at first that happens in the cycle of people being really excited and attracted to try something that, um, other people are having really, uh, a lot of fun with. And then 
and you're like, whoa, maybe there's the pendulum swing back of this is taking over my life now, or it's like it's creating an unhealthy relationship between me and this other thing in the opposite direction. And so, yeah, I, it's funny you ask this question because I think it it surfaces our we already have a fraught relationship with some of the things that we should probably be doing more and a game could help, but also what if it didn't? What if it made it bad? Yeah. I mean, the idea of game as edifying is sort of interesting, right? Like the balance of, I mean, you bring up that, like that potential threat. Like I, particularly if you have an addictive personality or right. or whatever right like i i stare at my stupid rings on my apple watch mm-hmm. like every day and i'm not spending like tons of time and i'm not like sweating but i'm like oh man didn't didn't cross didn't my move it. goal right. today right now i'm like yeah. feeling guilty and i'm dwelling on it and i'm like i didn't do it <laughs> But but like the fl- the flip of that is something like, um, the Incredible Machine game that was like an old computer game and maybe is still around. It's like a a series of games that uh, teaches people about like physics through building like Rube Goldberg machines to solve problems, and it, and it's interesting to think you know like everyone's super into. Uh, the new Zelda right now or games like that like what would happen if you're making games like that that were sort of big and world building and built by game designers but were like actually teaching you about chemistry or teaching you about you know like something Mm -hmm. else like you're like learning about isomers in the process of you know getting Link to save Princess Zelda like that you know there there's sort of like the educational component where you're walking away from the game better potentially and then there's the other side where it's like game as like remodeling of behaviors and that mm-hmm. one i think is it like it makes sense to be wary of those because it's like is this the right behavior is it modeled in the right way and again comes back to like having social scientists potentially working with game you know developers and game experts to be able to like bring those things together versus you know pokemon people being like sleep is good maybe we can make a pokemon sleep game although i i think you talking about that also surfaces for me the question of like how even in the purest partnerships there may just be some natural imbalance and like Duolingo came to mind of like Mm. a lot of the flack that Duolingo has received is like, it's more game than it is educational tool. Like, are you actually learning language or are you just feeling like you're learning a language, but instead it's just like kind of random words and phrases that don't support you, even though the spirit and the origin of Duolingo was that it was supposed to sort of, um, you know, wiki, if I, native language speakers and sort of like have everybody check and balance themselves. It's just become like game first, I, I think in a lot of people's minds. Um, and so I wonder are about people that. Not, like, are like people like not learning the language? From, I have no, I haven't heard this. I don't know anything I think about there's, it. So. I think there's like, 
I think there's flack about it. I don't quote me on it. Duolingo fans, like, don't shoot me down if you're like, no, I became fluent in Italian on Duolingo. Like, that would be amazing. But I, from, I, I've just heard murmurations in my very limited, extremely not online internet exposure um, that there may be some flack that they have received about about this. Um, that said, I cannot speak as a person who never really committed to Duolingo myself. So this is a, this is a pure hypocrisy coming from me. But, but I think that the, the spirit of the point is, you know, like in this, in this Pokemon sleep game, my, my intuition is like, oh, this is game first, but it's like sleep related. You know, like if, if we're trying to take some of these needs really seriously is it possible to like have a a perfect marriage and partnership of you know the educators and the game makers or you know like the experts and the the ip holders um i think it's really hard yeah i mean i guess the thing that i would probably like benefit from being gamified is nutrition i like feeding even just like feeding myself eating. And, <laughs> remembering eat, lunch lunch eat, heard eating of it? calories in a consistent pattern and like whatever probably would benefit greatly from uh yeah but i i don't you know and there are like so many other things but that i i like you would be highly skeptical initially of games that didn't sort of present some model of expertise or knowledge at the outset for being able to like for me to feel like I could trust it in changing my behaviors and in some capacity you know yeah which I think Jessica brings us to our oh my wrap-up corner your your is my wrap-up corner Jessica's sleep corner (laughs) Honk, shoe, games. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the recent emerging popularity of Pokemon Sleep has posed an interesting question of how good games and fun might be able to help us get better at things that we otherwise didn't have the motivation to do well. At the same time, we've talked about a lot of the potential pitfalls of that, whether it's games uh, not doing enough to help us make sort of lasting habits or lifestyles, or games potentially doing too much and uh, creating all sorts of new neuroses that we didn't have before or, or what have you. But the recent success in this little case study that is Pokemon sleep seems like a really interesting question to pose of where might we be able to join forces between things that would make our lives better and people who are really good at getting us to do stuff. Um, Maybe in just the right balance, we'll be better off. Or as Mary Poppins said, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. That's true. 
Well, we did it. <laughs> Critical Nonsense is a Sylvain production. Brought to you by... <laughs> As always, we'd like to thank our executive producer and somnambulist, Jess Vander. Thanks, Joey. We'd also like to thank sound engineer and the Zs to our As, Alex Contel. We'd like to thank our programming coordinator and melatonin pill, Les Jacobs. <laughs> and thanks to production help and the game makers, the playmakers, the dream makers. Sorry, Gilbert and Norma. <laughs> and as always, thanks, Alain. Thanks. Special thanks. Special thanks to me three years later or however years later I am to discovering this whole thing that everyone else seems to know about the Pokemon theme song being written in the common meter and thus being able to overlay the soundtrack to many poems, namely Emily Dickinson poems, so that you can read them in the same pattern. So for instance, because now I have to do oh my gosh, I'm a so couple excited. of them. <laughs> Uh, this poem by Emily Dickinson. I'll just do like the first lines. Because I could not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. The carriage held but just ourselves and immortality. Emily Dickinson. Uh, there's also um, William Wordsworth, which is a slumber did my spirit seal. I had no human fears. She seemed a thing that could not feel the touch of earth for years. And you just like can keep doing this. <laughs> it's so amazing. And I'm sorry oh I'm so God. late to this game, but I'm really happy. I'm that just it's arriving. Joy. <laughs> today, you're old. Yeah, today I learned, you know, what? <laughs> what? So great. Oh my God. It really changes, you know. Williams Wordworth, the Cavaliers I'm going to be looking on in a whole new light with that like pop arena metal soundtrack, <laughs> you know, going to Williams Word, William Wordsworth. Jeez. Uh, wow. I have, that, I have one. I want to special thank you one for sharing that with me. For doing this. Yes, please. Can I do just one more from yes. John Newton's Amazing Grace? <laughs> Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that that saved a wretch like me. I was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Anyway, <laughs> I could just keep going. It's so fun. Oh. I think that's it. That's all we have. Yeah, I'm. I'm thankful for the girls fighting about superconductors because I've been like. <laughs> deep in the rabbit hole in the past week. Maybe we'll talk about it at some point, but it it is like the messiest like science, like hard cutting edge science world mix up that has happened in a long time. And maybe we can we can dig into some of like the quirky like queerness of the story. It is delightful. So thanks thanks to uh, you Korean scientists launching uh, 
a real frenzy on the internet about superconductors and everyone becoming experts and home kitchen like superconductor creators as a result of your paper. Uh, gracias. Wow. We can't wait I, to see. I should have said that in Korean, but I just realized I don't know how to say it in Korean. So, Gamsa Abnida. I'm not gonna. Oh, Gamsa Abnida. That sounds yep. right. Yep. <sighs> yeah, I said it. I pronounced it like my mother would pronounce someone with any name that is slightly outside of her understanding. Wow, really uh, sorry that we didn't get that one, but here we are, redeeming slowly. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jess. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye. To catch them is my real test. To train them is my cause.